Hello and welcome back to the Accommodation Show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience, and increase your profitability. Anajay, who's a superstar real estate investor. He's been doing it for a little while. He's got huge amounts of experience. And today we'll be talking about moving from uh, investing in real estate to doing short-term rentals. Anajay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bart. I'm very happy to be here and uh, hopefully learn some things and maybe give some knowledge as well. Beautiful. Look, um, I picked you up on Clubhouse. I heard some of the things that you were saying, and you come from a place of a lot of experience. You're, the way that you actually talk, the sort of advice that you give, and the way that you can impart information, uh, it really struck me as something that's really valuable, and I think that the audience today will really benefit from that and benefit from your skills and your experience. I would love you to introduce yourself, let everybody know your history and a bit about your experience so people get context uh, as to who you are. Yeah, uh, my name's Onaje Barnes. Um, I'm a long-term buy-and-hold real estate investor. I'm always going to be a long-term buy-and-hold real estate investor, right? But you can use different models uh, uh, to hold property long-term, and so that's kind of what I'm shifting into. Uh, but as far as my background, you know, I got out of college. I went to the uh, University of Texas at Austin, go uh, hook them horns for any of my Longhorn fans out there. And um, I majored in economics. I uh, was originally chemical engineering, but uh, that, that didn't, I didn't last too long in chemistry itself. So I switched over to economics, which I love. And um, I got heavy into data, data analytics. And ironically, um, I entered the fashion industry. So um, I worked for uh, Macy's uh, for about three years, Macy's department stores. Then I moved to uh, JCPenney for a year as a strategic planner. And then I moved uh, uh, where the company I work for now, which is the largest shoe company in the world, which is Nike. Um, and I do strat planning and sales uh, for them. So my background is really into data science. And I kind of was into data science before, like that was like an actual like terminology. Um, I probably would have majored in it if there was such a thing at the time, but now it's like all the rave. And so what I do is I've always used data as a form to uh, to guide me through my uh, investment um, uh, investments in general. And um, I would say uh, three years of that that three years I was working at Macy's, uh, they actually went through a merger. And so I was like 25 years old. I'm thinking I'm going to work with them forever, like anybody else young and hungry out of college. And uh, they went through a merger and 25,000 people got laid off. I was lucky enough to, uh, they wanted to keep me. But at that point, it was kind of like, no, nah, maybe I just need to move around a little bit. And I really just kind of got the mental shift that, you know what, no company is ever going to really make you rich in life, right? Like, that's not their job. Your job is to work for them, right? Get your paycheck, be happy or whatever. But their job is not to get you wealthy. And that's really where I kind of started that path of just understanding wealth and cash flow and passive income and all of these terminologies that a lot of us in real estate we like, right? And, uh, you know, I read the whole Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure a lot of people have read, uh, read that book. Um, and so for me, that just sparked my interest into real estate. Now, fast forward a little bit. Um, after that, um, I really spent like a year just diving in, learning everything I need to learn, reading everything I need to read, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, we uh, so ironically, we're also coming up on 2008. 
And what do we remember about 2008? The global financial crisis, right? And so I'm entering real estate when real estate's on fire, right? Like the whole world is blowing up because of credit default swaps and real estate prices going down. And that's actually the moment that I just so happen to be learning all of this stuff. And so um, my background in economics did teach me one crucial thing that I think most people in real estate or most people in investment know. You buy low and you sell high. And so I was bold enough and I just understood and I was scared as hell. But I, uh, I did understand that this was a low moment historically. I didn't know how far the market was going to keep dropping. Um, so ironically enough, we bought our first home, the one that we're actually living in right now, 14 years ago. Um, and we bought a foreclosure. We bought it one month after Lehman Brothers crash. So most people kind of remember when Lehman Brothers crash was kind of when it was like mm -hmm. going down. That's when I bought that property. It was a 1960s build, all that. And, you know, I stumbled in what they call the birth strategy, which is like buy, you know, buy it right, buy low, buy an ugly home in a good neighborhood. And then you rehab it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I dove right in, uh, you know, rehab the property, fixed it up and all that good stuff. And for, for, for our international listeners as well, uh, a rehab is a refurb, um, just in case. Uh, yeah, okay, there's, there's that. No, because it's true, because some people go, rehab, what is he even talking about? It's a refurb as well, so those are the two Refurb, just so gotcha, you know, gotcha. Yeah, yeah so uh, rehabilitate the home, fix it up, fix and flip, HDTV, right? Um, so we did that on our own personal home, which... As many of us know, that forces appreciation into your house, right? Like that's a great way to increase the uh, equity in your homes, uh, particularly in, in America. You can use the banking system as a way to kind of get some of this equity out. So after about six months, um, just following the, the banking rules and regulations here, we were able to do what you call a cash out refi, where we refinanced the property and got cash back. And we had about 80,000 equity and this was the financial crisis, and I'm in Houston, Texas, and we used about 40 of that thousand to buy another property. Um, and we bought that other property, and this again, 2008, 2009, bought that other property, did the same thing again, refined it, uh, uh, rehabbed it up, refurbed it up, and uh, put a tenant in there. We put a tenant in there for about 900 bucks, and my mortgage and taxes and insurance and all that was about 450. So at the time, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm making about, you know, 400, 450 bucks a day, uh, a month. And, you know, uh, at the time I was maybe, well, probably 26, 27 years old. Um, you know, that paid for my car note. And I thought that was good. So um, I kept doing it. And you uh, fast forward about, I would say, maybe about 10 years, 11 years later, we had about nine properties and some land. And I just kind of realized that we were kind of just moving too slowly from a cash flow perspective. Because um, again, three, four, five hundred bucks on properties at the time, from what I knew, was great, right? But, um, you know, I, so I wanted to accelerate. I wanted to um, get our cash flow, our passive cash flow, up to where, you know, we could retire quicker than the pace that we were on. And that's when I really got into multifamily. And so um, at the time, we had. Several properties paid off. We got properties on all kind of great deals during the financial crisis. We were buying low, selling, you know, buying low and keeping. Instead of selling high, we were keeping ours. And so um, that's kind of where I got into multifamily, understood the underwriting there. And I, what I love about multifamily is that you have a lot more control with the banks and valuations. A property is valuated based on the cash flow. 
and not the comparable sales, right? Not the sales of the area. So for me, that was much more advantageous to get into that space because I can control a lot more of the elements of the deal, right? I can I can raise the value of the property by increasing rents, it decreasing expenses and things like that, which I was kind of good at um, from a from an economic perspective. And so uh, we use we use two homes to purchase that one twenty one unit, um, uh, yeah, uh, right. about a couple years ago. So that's where we're two and a half years in on that deal, and um, that deal's doing well. And then um, I kind of got on Clubhouse. I kind of I've been interested in the short term rental space for a while. A good friend of mine is in the New Orleans market, which, from my understanding, about four or five years ago, before some regulations, New Orleans was probably one of the stronger markets in the U.S. And he had been killing it. And um, he had a triplex, and his triplex was making more money than I was making on my nine single families. And that's kind of when I was like, whoa, what's going on here? You're missing something there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, that, that's, that's an interesting story because I guess at the, at the end of the day, so for everyone that's listening, your, your background sort of comes from sort of like a, a traditional real estate model um going in buying property and i guess the the biggest pain of that is the lag time everything just takes a while to oh, absolutely. Get, get you to where you need to be um and then so and now there's this sort of land rush of people like oh great short-term rentals i can make a lot more money a lot quicker the numbers are just fantastic so um that's the story right yeah uh, and then people go oh you should get into co-hosting or arbitrage or do this and do that it's a very complicated field and it's not as simple it's not as simple as just going you know what it's the same model as renting a place out i'm going to now do short-term rentals it's completely different what you're using is you're using the the equity or the the property that you've got uh for a different purpose but there's also um things that you need to consider so that's what i want to talk about uh, today with you because uh before we start recording you said you know what bart i'm gonna get into it but you said i'm not jumping into it straight away i'm going to do my research i'm going to be strategic about this so for anyone that's in a similar situation as you what where is your brain at what are you doing what are you thinking about before you actually even get going down this path yeah so one um my background from a corporate perspective is in strategic planning that's actually my background and when you uh do when you strategically plan anything Right, you go through like, what are the things that I need. You you spend a lot of time figuring out what, how do I make this work, right? So I spent years knowing about uh, short term rentals, right? But I always had these barriers. I knew that the operations were so much harder than long term rent, right? It's a lot more turnover. I'm used to my tenants staying with me six, seven, eight years, right? So this turnover thing, right? And so for me, what I tried to do was I literally went through every pinging point that I could think of, right? And roll them all down and try to go find answers for them, right? And before I even jumped in, right? And so, um, and that's what I've been doing. So, you know, I literally got a a twelve page PowerPoint deck on our plan as far as how we're going to do marketing, how we're going to uh, advertise on the different platforms, what type of uh, property management software I want to use, what type of um, uh, cleaners and cleaning services and backup cleaning services I want to use and so all of these gems that I'm hearing and and more importantly uh, the most important thing I've done I went out and gotten a lot of coaches I have a lots of people now I bring some value so I'm not necessarily having to 
pay for a lot of coaching programs and whatnot, but I've got a lot of what I consider some of the industry titans um, that are really, really doing what I want to do in a meaningful way. Um, now, what I'm also, what the, the benefit for me is I know how to access capital, right? That's, you know, when you're a traditional real estate investor, that's the key. You know how to access capital and things like that. So I'm using that as my advantage. And so instead of doing the co-hosting model or the arbitrage, I'm a long-term investor. You know, so if I if I, if I start making $20,000 a month, I kind of want to make that $20,000 a month forever, right? I don't want to go up and down, um, you know, like maybe a arbitrage model where you could lose the property because the landlord might kick you out because you're not operating well and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to make sure I had control. Um, I wanted to control the homeowner association deal. So I wanted to take out some of these risks Factors that I've heard, municipalities changing laws. So I wanted to mitigate a lot of these risks, right? So that's why purchasing the property, then putting the air, air the short-term rental on top was key for us in our strategy because one, I don't have an HOA. I don't have any neighbors in this. We bought, we just bought an Aplex um, and we're going to use this as a model. It's geographically, strategically located um, in an area where we can have multiple avatars as a consumer. Because, uh, again, my background is in consumer sales and things like that from a um, work perspective. So I understand how to talk to consumers and use data to my advantage. And so we're just researching, um, you know, getting on some of these uh, platforms, AirDNA, getting all that data, figuring out what I can price at the lowest amount. Figuring out ways to do add-ons. You know, we're going to do Turo. I'm not sure if Turo uh, is out there um, where you, you kind of buy a car and you rent it and all that kind of bit. So there's, we're, we've got some ideas. It's a lot out there, but we're taking our time. Yeah. It's been about nine months. Yeah. So, so you've got your properties at the moment. So you've got your portfolio of different properties. And then you said, okay, we we're going to go into the short-term rental space. Um, obviously, you could have uh, chosen to take one of your existing properties and then done the switch. Um, but what is your strategy being once you've done your research? And now I know that you're you're kind of at the next step of getting into it. What is your what are your thoughts right now on on the best way to approach it? And what are you actually doing? Yeah. So one, we the the biggest thing we knew was that we had a very very strong integrated vertical model in the long term rental space. And that those properties had to maintain success while we're entering a new business model, right? While we're while we're trying to grow and learn um, all of the systems that are needed in a more complicated business model, right? So my wife, she's taking on all of the the old units, the the ones that are traditional, right? As we transition, making sure that they're still stable and all that good stuff. And we've got property management, we've got all kind of great systems in place. I could talk for days on that, right? And what I'm doing is I've spent the last nine months researching and strategically. To your point, we could have taken one of our previous units, but we really wanted to make sure that we came out very strong. So we we were very intentional on the type of property that we wanted to acquire to be successful in this space from a consumer perspective, right? We we're kind of like, hey, a couple of our properties could work. We didn't want to go with could work. We wanted to go, okay, this is in a great location. It's got tourism. It's got medical professionals. So we, we got staycation type of people. So we had four or five different avatars that we wanted to be able to make sure that this property, the location and what we were offering on this property could give us the best possible um, 
uh, success in, uh, in the future and ha be sustainable. That was the key for us to be sustainable. That's where the ownership comes in. You know, I, if I own the property, I can be there. The margins are higher because a mortgage is going to always be more uh, cheaper than rent and uh, from a from a uh, from an arbitrage model. So we wanted to really bring up all of the ways that we could be successful. We wanted to gain equity, right? And so um, again, the biggest thing right now what I'm doing is really making sure that I've got all of the systems all of the software that I want to implement ready to go once we're ready, uh, once we're finished our, uh, I refer, I'm going to use your term for refer. <laughs> you can use either or our audience goes everywhere. So I, I think that's the, the disadvantages of the, the internet now is we all have to get a common language so that we all speak the same thing. So, you know, you say HOA and, and I go, well, what's he talking about? Oh, so, sorry. Homeowners Association. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's all right. Because they're all called different things in different places. Um, but we're all talking the same thing. And I think that's the, the beauty of this particular show is that um, you can learn so much from different territories, from different people doing things in different ways in, in different places. And historically in the world, what would happen is you'd have one territory that would be a leader and everybody would kind of follow like two or three or five years later. Australia is a, is a real culprit to this. We're very, very far behind in a lot of different areas, but that's speeding up now, now that we've got better communication, uh, companies are willing to invest in, in uh, over here as well. Uh, even yourself, you're t taking your time to spend with us to help in the Australian market, but then also the funny thing is, is there'll be the converse effect where we can help you guys as well. So Absolutely. It's, a, it's an interesting one. So, right. So you've got those eight units. Um, you're in the, uh, you're setting up what you're calling a boutique hotel. Um, tell us just a, a little bit about um, what that setup looks like. Um, tell me whether it's uh, local to you or not. Um, and uh, tell me, the, so you've started to sort of talk about your avatar a little bit because that's something which is, um, very important to understand, it, particularly in the short-term rental space. Yeah, so uh, geographically, um, you know, so it was really intentional for us to buy the particular, the right property to where we were maximizing. I'm, I'm living in the city of Houston. This is the third largest county um, in America. This is the fourth largest city, third largest county in America. So as far as people right traveling all of that stuff this this has a lot of potential so for us we're right smack in the middle of the city um like i said my background is i know how to go acquire property the property that i want in locations that i want right and um so for us the key was i understand a lot of this is trial and error but i want to mitigate that of the error right i want to shrink that error as much as possible and so uh so one we've got eight units uh they go they're four up and four down so as a landlord, I understand that the people on the down uh, units always going to get on their nerves of the up units, right? So the four units up, we're going to really target uh, what what long term stays. So um, geographically, this property is within about six to eight minutes away away from our largest medical district um, in the south of like Southern America. So the Houston Medical Center is extremely large. It's known for its cancer research. It's known for uh, people coming in all over America to get cancer treatments, right? I'm literally six to eight minutes away from this, this location. So four units up, we wanna absolutely focus on 
uh, those uh, medical professionals from a travel perspective. Keep those units very generic, right? Keep those, make sure that they're, they're really aligned with any of the traveling professionals, whether it's medical or non, but we really wanna focus on that. Also geographically located, we're located by three major universities um, of Houston. And so these these universities have a lot of tech hubs. So we're building, the city is building a lot of tech. Um, so there's a um, major university called Rice University. It's a premier semi-Southern Ivy League school or whatever. Um, that's how they brand themselves. But they have partnered with the city uh, to, um, to really build a tech hub. So we're also geographically literally right down the street from this uh, new tech uh, hub that we're going to build to. So the idea is really focus on those type of, uh, that on the four, those long-term stays, people that might be traveling in for work or and or medical professionals. So really, really focusing the units on that, making sure we have the blackout shades, making sure we've got uh, workstations, all that kind of, all those upsell items. Those will be the four up top. Then the bottom units, we're going to play around a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have a little fun with those uh, or whatnot, and so there we'll have four distinct um, uh, different theme rooms, and the idea there is that obviously those four themed rooms will maybe accommodate or go after some different um, clientele that you know there's a lot of food. This is a great food area that we're in. People kind of come in and travel. They might want to be at our location if they want to move around the city and kind of go to some of the great restaurants, go to some of the great museums. This area is also kind of called the museum district. So we want to really kind of create some um, some conversations around that. And really one of the rooms that we're gonna theme out, I'll give you one of the rooms that we're gonna theme out ideas, it's gonna be a history of Houston and in the area. So we're really gonna highlight Houston as a marketplace. And for any travelers that might be coming in, we really wanna focus on them. And not just travelers like, oh, let me give them a pack and play. I'm not talking about that, right? I'm talking about this, 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 this unit will speak to Houston, Texas, the history of Houston, Texas, um, do the wallpaper. We're going to go all out telling our story of where you're at for any travels that may not know Houston. So we're really going to try that as a theme and then it being geographically located near museums, right? And then we're going to try to partner with some of the local businesses that highlight some of the local historic type of Houston businesses, um, restaurants that are really, really local to here. So we won't just be putting the chain restaurant in our guidebook. It'll be really, really local, really, really sharp, um, trying to, um, to, to capitalize on those tourists um, that historically really wasn't. But now with the pandemic, we're seeing Houston as being more of a, a tourist town. And so we really want to focus in on that. Uh, for the bottom four units, but one for sure will be Houston-based, and then we have three others that are kind of, you know, <laughs> interesting in their own rights as well. But the idea is that maybe if you have a good experience at one of the theme units, you're going to want to see all the other three units that will be completely different in their own right. Yeah, great. And look, uh, we've talked about this a few times uh, with, with other hosts as well, and they've said, look, having some sort of unique point of difference or USP is, is really important in this space because there are so many short-term rentals popping up all the time, and you need to stay on the, the forefront. It's not just a matter of, hey, I'm going to get a unit and then start leasing and I'll make loads of money. It's actually having something 
that people care about and it's about understanding your avatar so the fact that you're already there and you're thinking about your potential guests and your customer is the way to actually do this um, you think about the guests first then afterwards you figure out what units you're going to get what you're going to put in there and everything else you go, what would they want what does a traveling professional want in the place um, what's going to be important to them how long will they be staying here for what what are they going to visit in a local area are they going to have kids are they not going to have kids what it, what does that actually look like and then you can start to build something which caters to that particular demographic and you can create something which nobody else actually has so hotels can't go and just create this stuff and uh other short-term may be able to do it but they're already going to be on the back foot whilst you're already uh, further ahead so I absolutely love the fact that you've had this kind of way of thinking already and as you as you'll appreciate there's no definitive answer right you can look at what other people have done and you can be like hey uh, uh i'll try my best to do this and we'll do different themes and see what's going to work um, you, your, your market, you gotta shoot you gotta yeah. shoot a shot right you have to take a chance and um you know it's a calculated risk but i love the point that you're making because like even in my my corporate world we we, we call it the consumer decides we say the consumer makes a decision, right? Sure. And if you're focused on the consumer, you, it's hard to lose when you're focusing on the consumer constantly. What do they want? What do they need? What are they looking for? And the biggest thing that I've learned about this business over the last nine months is that it's an experience. So how do I give them an experience is what I'm really, really focused on, right? I want them to, you know, literally today, you know, we 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 uh, we uh, cleared out some bushes outside of our wall. We have the we have a two story wall facing the main street that this is on. This is on a pretty busy street, and we're gonna that we're gonna use that wall. That wall is gonna be an Instagrammable wall. It's very very big, and we're gonna invite people to just come walk up and take a photo, right? So we're really really gonna be focused on each of those four uh, tailored units being very Instagrammable, being very something that they want to take pictures in, they want to have an experience in. That's our goal. Um, it and for me, the numbers make sense because I see the potential revenue being so much higher than a traditional long-term rent. So we're willing to invest a little bit more money to make sure that those experiences come to life. Whew. That's amazing. I'm, I, I love this story and I love this challenge that you're going down. I love your strategic mindset in terms of it's very, very clear that even though you know nothing about short-term rentals, you know an awful lot already, right? And I think that that's the, the biggest value that anyone in the audience can actually gain is that you're, um, you might be thinking of doing something. How do you go about thinking about it? How do you go about down this journey? So you look at your strengths. So that's what you've done. You go, what are my strengths? This is what I'm really good at. I'm not good at these other bits and pieces. For the bits you're not good at, you've gone out there and you've, you've uh, seeked advice. So you've got onto Clubhouse, yeah. you've got onto different things. You're looking at, at other people that have already done this and say, hey guys, what do I do? How do I do this? And they're gonna give you ideas and then you're gonna go back to the drawing board and say, well, what's gonna work for me and with my business and what I'm gonna get excited about. You've got excitement about what you're doing, about what you're building, which is really cool. Um, and you've also decided not to, um, is to, to invest in it properly, right? Is to understand that once I get going, I need to put enough time and enough effort to actually make this, make sure this is a, is a success. Um, Anajay, our time has run out, unfortunately. Um, but more unfortunately for the audience, because I know that you've got so much more to give, and I know that there's sort of different different aspects to 
how you look at business and different things that you're doing. Um, you've given your time to us. So I want to thank you for that. What can we do for you as a community? Yeah, just, uh, you know, follow me. Um, I'm at onaj10k.com. Um, I'm on various platforms. Uh, you can, if you go to onaj10k.com, you'll find a link to our Facebook group, um, Real Estate for the People. And that just talks all about different types of real estate. And, you know, I talk a lot about inflation, investing, and, you know, markets and trends and all this other geeky stuff. Um, Instagram, I'm always on Instagram going live, you know, telling people what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, and then LinkedIn is more of a friendly, if you're interested in me being a data geek and hearing hearing about that that's kind of more of my linkedin page but yeah i'm around and obviously i'm on clubhouse all the time um at uh onaje b uh, at clubhouse um always trying to give and, and and hopefully share and learn some information along the way well look um i definitely want to catch up with you in six months time when is, when is everything going to be launching i think we're going to really i think we're targeting uh january uh for our launch um, we don't have a firm launch date, but we definitely are going to come out more from a brand perspective. So we're going to come out day one with direct bookings, along with uh, obviously being on all the OTAs or whatnot. So uh, we're definitely approaching this as more of a brand than a just a unit here, unit there, that kind of thing. So what I would love to do is I'd love to catch up with you in January. Um, if I can get your time around there just to see a check in is to see how things have gone. How's it going? going up to that point. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then we gotta we gotta see <laughs> if if it actually comes comes to fruition. But we're we're uh, we're jumping right in head head first into the uh, into the field because I'm super excited. I, I haven't been this excited about real estate in I don't know twelve years. That's beautiful. And then uh, and then after that, another six months down the line to see whether what you thought would happen has actually happened. So. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there'll one be that changes. I want to follow for sure, you know? <laughs> I'm sure there'll be changes along the way. And I appreciate you inviting me on the podcast um, to uh, uh, and, and the uh, YouTube channels and all that for, for your listeners. Love it. Thank you so much. Have a really good uh, rest of the day, and uh, we'll talk again. <laughs>